Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set again. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back. We're back. Back, back, back again. Yeah. But uh, no, 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 we're not, we're not back, back, back again. We're just back again. Okay. Um, Sorry, I over back. Yeah, you did, but as, as you always do. Okay. Because we're not going to pitch a sequel. We're just going to talk about these, this year's award nominees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the well, Oscar- wait, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Harry. A little bit of context here. We're, uh, we're back recording for the first time since you uh, became a dad. So uh, how, oh, yeah. how's fatherhood treating you? Uh, quite tired. Mm-hmm. Um, everything aches. Yeah. Uh, yesterday my right leg was really aching. Then at night my left leg was really aching, and my right wrist hasn't really been working properly. What's this um, baby doing to you? It's just breaking me. Breaking your body. <laughs> um, it's good. It's good yeah. though. Uh, I've not gone grey yet. No, that's a good um, sign. Yeah. Every haircut, it I, I get quite scared because mm-hmm. like when you have the haircut it reveals the hair closer to your head and that's where you see the gray coming out i'm like is this going to be the one and so every more i'm just, I'm just waiting for like that them. one haircut one like suddenly oh my god i'm gray now not like a little bit gray i reckon i'm just gonna go straight gray It'll just be overnight so just be gray. yeah 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 so uh i'd be more concerned about the recession and the color change but you know well nah mm, okay it's not gonna happen okay oh sure okay mm. better yeah. um so yeah on the whole it's pretty, it's pretty good Cool. And, well, uh, I hope one day I get to meet him. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, we joke. John is the godfather. Yes, I've met him several times. Okay, so... Yes, yeah, so we're going to discuss the upcoming Oscars. We're recording this on the Saturday before the Oscar nominations are announced. And usually, mm-hmm. around this time of year, we would do an episode and talk about like the films that we think are going to get nominated, what we mm-hmm. hope will get nominated, the predictions. Mm-hmm. A little bit different this year, because um, for circumstances in regarding you know fatherhood and stuff, and you've not seen anything, really. I might have seen one or two that will get nominated. Yeah, actually, there's a couple on the list, but for the most part, you've seen uh, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually been freed from the shackles of this podcast every week. I've, I've, I've actually lived at the cinema for this past, uh, and having no baby. So um, mm-hmm. I've lived at the cinema for this past six weeks or so, and I've seen loads. So I've got loads of opinions on loads of films mm-hmm. that you have not yet seen. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll talk about some of the ones that are most expected to get nominations. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll, for the ones you haven't seen, I'll talk you through the plot a little bit and we'll see what you, whether you keen i guess we'll just play it by ear i don't know yeah yeah gonna be a bit loose loosey-goosey this one but we'll see so i am aiming to watch all the best picture nominations mm-hmm. um, i'm skeptical the, if you'll get there for the oscars this year like, yeah it's it's my aim it's not necessarily gonna happen there are some this year that i think you'll really like um okay cool. last last year i felt like a lot of the best picture nominees were very depressing and quite mm. slow there's not not some of those in that this year but mm. the, the, i think there are there are more crowd-pleasing ones this year that I found to be entertaining and fun and light, mm. which is uh, what I like to say. I don't like nine horribly depressing, bleak dramas that nobody would watch at any other time of the year for any other reason other than the fact that it might win an Oscar. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not to name any names. But yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last year's Oscars was a tough time. It was a bit of... It wasn't the strongest year. And also the ceremony was crap. And mm. I'm, I'm really hoping that they'll... I mean, it looks like, fingers crossed, they'll have a proper, you know a proper theater again the venue will be good they're bringing back the hosts which is exciting oh, are they? they haven't said who yet but they said they are having a host oh fantastic and i just hope that they end it on best picture and don't and show the clips again last year they didn't even show any clips and for a year mm. when most people couldn't see the films yeah bizarre choice to not show any clips yeah really weird so because yeah. they didn't have loads to talk about no yeah i don't understand why they always make the oscars an event that needs to finish at a certain time mm. like TV scheduling, I guess. Yes, but like it's the Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest award ceremony there is. Mm-hmm. 
of any industry, it is yeah. the biggest award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Why does it not get more screen time? I agree. I, I, agree. I, I just don't the... get it. And like, because the, the the only way that they cut down the time is they just cut the speeches, which is the bit everyone. You could the thing is you could you always could cut it down easily by just shaving off all the montages and mm. the unfunny bits in between. Just mm-hmm. show yeah, shows the speeches, shows the the clips. That's what we're here for. Sing yeah. a sad song, show it was everyone who died in the past year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we want. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so yeah. We'll, hopefully it'll be a good ceremony. Mm-hmm. I think there's some good films in this year. So I've got a list in front of me of the films that are, you know, most based on all the precursor awards and the predictions and the betting that are most likely to be nominated. I've mm-hmm. got, a, I've got more a, a longer list than there is space on the tally. So some of these will, mm-hmm. some of these won't. Okay. So I'll just talk through some ones I've seen some ones you've seen i'll start by, by the way listeners this doesn't mean that we're not going to do full reviews for all yeah. these because we're going to try to yeah yeah because well we're hopefully going to record one just after this if, uh, sure, yeah. if if we have time but yeah i'd like to do reviews for everything that we both see but i can't promise how many films that will be true yeah <laughs> might we'll, be three we'll, we'll do our best but, <laughs> so i'll go through these in i guess vaguely alphabetical order so i'll start with a film that i saw last week which i think is almost definite i would say 99.9 i'd be stunned if this didn't get a best picture nomination mm-hmm. and that is belfast okay it's been very well regarded belfast uh, i really really liked this film mm. i thought it was going to be horribly bleak and depressing because it's in black and white and it's about the troubles in northern ireland oh no black and white oh it's it, it, it i'll say this its use of color is is really good i liked the use of color in this film that's one of those films it's one of those ones that has i don't want to spoil it for you because mm. but there are transitions between black and white and color that i thought were really mm-hmm. nicely done so i liked it. it it definitely had a feeling of a film that was shot during covid mm-hmm. it does look a little bit setty but i think the black and white somewhat kind of disguises that maybe that's why they decided to yeah it really can can it but the main thing about this is it's just really charming it's short it's 96 minutes i think so mm-hmm. it's, it goes down really smoothly it's it's just incredibly charming. It's about a little kid who's I think he's a Protestant if I remember correctly, but he's living on a mixed street in Northern Ireland during the uh, I think it's the fifties sixties. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Kenneth Branagh and it's based on his life because he grew up in Northern Ireland right. and then moved to England as a child mm-hmm. because of the troubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's like in a working class family. His dad's a labourer who works over in England, and he's on this mixed family in Belfast. Uh, sorry, this mixed street in Belfast that has Catholics and Protestants. Mm-hmm. And during the Troubles, there was a huge amount of violence between Catholics and Protestants, uh, people who, unionists and people who wanted to stay in the United Kingdom versus people who wanted a united island, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it caused all these riots in the streets. And it was an incredibly dark time. Um, and he's living on this street, but he's this little kid. And it's kind of, it's not as broadly a comedy as Jojo Rabbit, but it had that vibe of like showing something very serious through the eyes of a little boy who doesn't quite take it all in okay yeah you know sees it with a very innocent perspective mm. like there's a lot of stuff about like joining a gang and whose gang are you in and can mm-hmm. i be in your gang kind of thing and it's i think it's done really nicely i think it's done really really well and yeah i just found it super super sweet very heartwarming i mean i'm from i grew up in liverpool and most of my family are f- from irish catholic backgrounds mm. so it kind of the old there's there's an old granny and grandpa played by judy dench and kieran hines and they're just mm. absolutely lovely and very sweet and have some great scenes together. So, mm. And Jamie Dornan's in it looking pretty fit as the dad. <laughs> uh, it's just great. It's just a fun time. Yeah. I would say... That's really what I want What, what I want a film like this to be described yeah. as. Yeah, It's absolutely. great. It's a fun time. It's not going to leave your thing. It, it has its moments of sadness, but it's not one that where you're going to walk out or turn it off and be like, <sighs> you know, you're going to be, mm. you're going to leave it with your heart warmed, not, you know, not mm-hmm. frozen or beaten to a bloody pulp. Yeah. Um, and if you like Van Morrison... 
There is a lot of Van Morrison songs in this film. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like every other song. I guess because he's like the most famous Northern Irish singer. Do you even know who Van Morrison is? No, I don't. Sorry. Brown Eyed Girl. You know Brown Eyed Girl. Everyone knows Brown Eyed Girl. Uh, you you my Brown Eyed Girl. Do, 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 do. You'd know if... <laughs> You know, I, love, I love it when you do that. Everybody it, knows never, brown it, ne it never works when you try and sing well, if you, When you get out of here, Spotify, Brown Eyed Girl, but you would know the song. Everyone fucking knows Brown Eyed Girl. Okay, well, sure. the point I'm making is like... I know the name Van Morrison, so I yeah. probably do know the music. I just don't... Yeah, and it's good music, but yeah, it, it's like you'd think no other Irish singers existed because it's like there's literally six music drops of six different Van Morrison songs in this right. film. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a good drinking game, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I think I recommend it highly. It's in the cinemas. It's not streaming yet, so you mm. might not get to see it for a while. But uh, if you can find a way, legally or otherwise, <laughs> I think it's definitely one you should prioritize because it will definitely be nominated. And mm. I think you really like it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. These boys are suffering. I don't think we've got till Easter. I don't think you and me have got till Easter either. Come home. We'll fight this together. Kids the same age as ours are getting killed around the corner. We'll, we'll be careful. You can't be with them 24 hours a day. You can't take away their childhood either. Next one is one that we've both seen that we're going to review shortly. This one, I would say, probably has a 50-50 chance of being a Best Picture nominee. It was very divisive. Mm -hmm. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Mm -hmm. And that is Don't Look Now. Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. Sorry, Don't Look Up. Yeah. Yes, Don't Look Up. The uh, Adam McKay, very subtle <laughs> allegory for climate change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or COVID or just any kind or of... Or many things, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's more, it's more about climate change. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. It was kind of like ignoring scientists yeah which like, is what people do with climate change and covid and covid yes but like more so. vaccinations like it's yeah no 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 i get it i get it, but I think it, it, it you, you can apply it to many things you can't absolutely it's basically about people being stupid and and like blindlessly following politicians yes who, who have a definite ulterior motive yeah. exactly having yeah. seen this one do you think this one's oscar worthy i don't know like it's it, it it's either a hard yes or a hard no mm -hmm. it just, well, where do you land Oh, for, for, for me, you, for, for you personally, yeah. oh, for me, definitely. Yes. Yeah, okay. I really enjoyed this. Okay, good. Um, let's not say too much on it because we'll do a full review on it now. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, this, I could see this one being nominated. Yeah, I think it will. I think enough people will like it. And everybody's, the thing is, this is probably the one that everybody's seen. Mm. It's been so discussed and it's so available because it's on Netflix. Mm. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's seen it. So I think there'll be enough people who like it that it will probably sneak in there. Yeah. In terms of the acting, if you could, because this has got a huge, huge cast. Uh, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, mm -hmm. Mark Rylance, mm -hmm. Jonah Hill, mm -hmm. uh, loads, loads of, I'm sure I'm forgetting. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, of course, yeah. If, who would you look at for acting nominations, if anyone, for this? Uh, Leo, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. I think he was outstanding in this. Um, I think, yeah, I quite like Meryl Streep. See, I didn't, I like this film okay. I didn't love it, but I didn't think it, I didn't hate it either. I mm. thought it was, it was pretty, pretty entertaining all sort. I thought Meryl was badly cast. Really? Yeah, I, I would, I understand why they cast Meryl in it. Mm. Because she's had like very public, like fights with Donald Trump. Like he's mm. called her overrated and stuff. And just, you know, when he was mm -hmm. the president. 
So he, she, she's obviously doing a Donald Trump thing, mm. but I just don't think Meryl Streep could ever be convincing as someone as stupid as Donald Trump is. It's just, it just didn't quite sit for me. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Is there somebody you have in mind instead? I don't know. Well, it depends whether they want to just do a full Donald Trump impersonation and make it obvious or just have, you could have Meryl Streep playing a different kind of president, mm. but I just didn't think she, Meryl Streep is a stupid and this president is stupid. Like that's mm. the whole point. She's an idiot. Yeah. I, I just, I think Meryl Streep is one of those actors who's too intelligent to be convincing as a stupid person. It just sometimes you see that you know what I mean. Like she just doesn't play dumb very well. So I, I didn't love Meryl in this. I did. Think, I, lo I love the way that you you're completely panning Meryl in this mm -hmm. by compliments. It's the only thing I can do. It's the best. It, it, I can't. I can go no further. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. I, I do think Leo was very good. I could get on board with him. I, I thought I, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was probably my favorite just because she was the most fun. Mm. I don't know if it's the kind of performance where you'd give it an Oscar, but I thought she was. Yeah, I know what you the mean. The most entertaining. Yeah, I, I really liked her running joke about her being perplexed by the guy who tried to steal money off her for no reason. Yeah. The guy who tried to charge her for a bag, like mm -hmm. something really petty, like a bag of chips or something. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just eats away at her for the whole film. Mm -hmm. like that, that I thought was very funny. Yeah. So yeah, I thought this was good. Wouldn't be something I'd want to like see win loads of awards, but I don't mind if it's there. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad film. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's good to have ones that people have seen because mm -hmm. if it's just nine obscure indie films that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's it's not as much fun for people to engage with. So yes. you've got to have your blockbusters in your crowd, please. And that's what last year was missing. I think that's the case. I think also because of COVID, the blockbusters last year weren't released. Mm -hmm. So it did just fall to the much, much smaller films, mm -hmm. which is yeah. nice to see get some spotlight, but you've got to balance it out. So yeah, yeah I'm hoping this year... If you want to make an entertaining collection of films. Absolutely, absolutely. I heard there's an asteroid or a comet or something that you don't like the looks of. <sighs> Tell me about it. You got 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Go. Uh, a comet between five to 10 kilometers across that we estimate came from the Oort cloud. And using Gauss's method of orbital determination and the average astrometric uncertainty of 0 0.04. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm so what? bored. Just tell us what it is. This, this what? Seriously, stop. What Dr. Mindy is trying to say well, is that there's a comet headed directly towards Earth. And then what happens? Like a tidal wave? It will be far more catastrophic. There will, there will be mile-high tsunamis. So how certain is this? There's 100% certainty of impact. Please, don't say 100%. Can we just call it a potentially significant event? But it isn't potentially going to happen. 99.78% to be exact. Oh, great. Okay, so it's not 100%. I'm gonna call it 70% and let's just, let's move on. But it's not even close to 70%. Let's just use like 60% as a working number. Another blockbuster that you have seen, mm -hmm. uh, Dune. Mm -hmm. I think Dune is definitely gonna be a Best Picture nominee. Yes, but why? Because it's epic and it's big and it looks great and, you know, yeah, but Arrival was really good. <laughs> so Arrival was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stretching it. I, 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 I didn't mind. Again, I liked Dune. I think I liked Dune more than you did, but it was a little bit slow. Yeah. And it felt like half a film. Yeah, well, it was well, a very a long film. half. Well, that's something. I yeah, it was half a it's film. Literally it's literally Dune Part 1. They didn't include that in the marketing because Part yeah. 1 films don't do well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it re even though it was very long, it really felt like a film that just chopped in half. Mm -hmm. Like if, they, if, if it hadn't been successful mm -hmm. financially and they hadn't commissioned a second one, it'd just be really weird would it be nominated if it if it hadn't been if it hadn't had a sequel planned uh, uh, like um commissioned oh no i think if it had flopped it probably wouldn't have done much but i think they just there's so few original 
I know it's based on a book, but original as in not MCU and not DC, you know, mm-hmm. there's so few like non-franchisey, even though this is setting up a franchise. Yeah, uh, this is a franchise. But it's going to be a two film. Fr- they're not going to make loads of these because it's not, I think it's not ca- profitable enough. They might say they might want nine of them, but this one, it made 400 million worldwide, mm-hmm. which for the cost is, it probably just about made, made a profit. But remember that doesn't include the streaming figures because it was also True. like uh, released on HBO Max on day one. True, true, true. Well, I guess what I'm saying is like, there's so few films that are, are both blockbusters and also kind of artistic. Mm-hmm. Not, to, I'm not being snobby about MCU films, but like, you are. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm just looking. I'm looking at the, from the perspective of the kind of people who are voting for these kind of things. I think oh, from the kind of people who are voting, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that's that's why this one's getting in. Sure, but I mean, it's it's. I, I, I think they, they just really would want something like this. This looks good for them if they reward it well. And does it? Why? Why, it's, why does it look good for them? It's making art. You know, it's interesting. And and it looks great. And I think there's a lot of craft to it, you know, so. Yes. And like, so it, it had 11 nominations in the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. And I think it deserves 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everything but Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. Because like it, it swept the technicals and mm-hmm. rightly so, because it looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. It's really well made. Yeah. It, excellent excellent cast mm. but that's the is... thing this isn't going to get any acting nominations no nobody's saying timothy chalamet is going to get a best actor for this no so i guess it's the same in the oscars it's just it it's getting best picture not because it's this amazing acting showcase it's more that it's a technical achievement so yeah but then like well, what about some of the avengers movies I guess. what about like avengers endgame is a technical achievement true well compare compare june to spider-man no way home sure because that's, that's, that's the thing I've been, okay, I've, I've been can, getting rid of. I've got a soapbox being pulled got, up, but sure, yeah. got a little quote from Kevin Feige here okay, go about, ahead. about uh, Spider-Man in the awards. I think about the artistry that goes into storytelling that connects with a wide range of people on a very emotional level. It's a good thing when people are in a theatre and they stand up and cheer. It's a good thing when people are wiping tears because they're thinking back on their last 20 years of movie going and what it has meant to them. That, to me, is a very good thing. The sort of thing the Academy was founded back in the day to recognise. And I'm pretty sure we probably both agree Spider-Man is not going to get a nomination this this year. Probably not, no. But why would a film like Spider-Man get ignored when a film like June doesn't? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I, I, I think there's no because, reason... Because, like, June has less jokes. True. Like, it's, it's less of a comedy and more of a, more of a serious film. But, like, I think, it's no, still, I think that's absolutely what it it's is. It's still a ridiculous sci-fi yeah. that doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't really... Uh, translate into the real world that well. Yeah. Like it's not some message for something else about climate change or class dividing or something. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What yeah. is it that makes June eligible for a Best Picture nomination? Um, I mean, you know, this is all assuming that June does get nominated. We, we don't know, do we? Sure. But what makes it eligible and Spider-Man not? No, I agree. I, I couldn't tell you. I guess, like I said, it's, it's more, June is more like self-serious. Mm-hmm. It takes itself more seriously, which I don't think is a qualifier to be doesn't make it a better film, does no, it? No, not at all. But I'm, I think that's kind of why, and because it's not. And I think I think there's a sense. And again, I'm not saying this is my opinion, mm-hmm. but I think there's a sense that, like, well, why does Spider-Man need Oscars? It's already made like all the money in the world. What? Why does it need to take a spot away from a film that hasn't made all the money in the world? Mm. So I think there's that is like what the, what's the point? And also, I think yeah, but the just... Oscars weren't built on sympathy. No, no, I understand. I agree, but I think that's what some people are thinking. And also, I think that there's kind of a sense of franchise fatigue, whereas Dune is a new thing and it's trying mm-hmm. to be something new, even though it's based on something old. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spider-Man is like the 20 something, it was like the eighth Spider-Man film and the 20, 30 something MCU film in the past 
15 years, you know, mm-hmm. I think they're just like, oh, you know, unless it's like Black Panther, which did get loads of nominations because it was like actively breaking boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. the first major all black cast, you know, film. So that's, I mm-hmm. think there's a, Spider-Man doesn't really have that. It just has, it's one of the best ones. It's really entertaining. It's good. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. But what separates it from all the other ones particularly? And I think that might be hurting it a little bit. Mm, Again, yeah. not my opinion, just what I think. Yes, is, yeah, yeah. But I agree because and like, I could definitely see that coming from the people who vote for the for the for the Academy Awards. It, sure, it, that's that's where they'd be coming from. Just like oh, another one of these. Yeah, because because it is the fourth one from Marvel alone this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and you know, there's been others. Well, like, I agree with you in the sense that like there's loads of films that are super commercial. Like Forrest Gump is the most commercial film ever made. You know, and that mm-hmm. one got loads of Oscars. More recently, West Side Story, which we haven't talked about yet, but. Mm-hmm which actually was a complete flop, but was is very commercially minded and is a remake of an old film and doesn't do much that's particularly new. Mm-hmm. It looks great, it sounds great, but that will get showered with Oscars, mm. but Spider-Man won't. And I think the difference is that, yeah, fa- there's a snobbery towards fantasy, whereas mm-hmm. anything else is considered a higher art form in many ways. Yeah. Unless you're like either Dune or Lord of the Rings, you know. Well, we'll have to see. I we'll mean, have to see. Maybe it'll surprise, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, like I might have said something... If this June release mm-hmm. was instead uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. which, you know, was the start of a franchise mm-hmm. and it came like out of nowhere, just based on an old book, mm-hmm. maybe I'd say the same sort of thing. And then you get to the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you're like, oh yeah, no, they all three deserve Best Picture nominations. Mm-hmm. For all I know, June might just turn into that. Yeah. True. But, Although- it, but it is difficult to kind of give it that qualification now when it is just half a movie that doesn't have any kind of end. True, true, true. And imagine if, imagine if the Fellowship of the Ring. This we're going on tangent now. If the Fellowship of the Ring had like been a financial failure, although it wouldn't have made any sense because they filmed all three of those at the same time, mm. so they would have had to come out anyway, I guess. But yeah, like yeah. theoretically, if it had been a financial failure and the other two got scrapped, you'd still probably look at Fellowship and be like, "That's a damn good film." Mm. Is, it's a shame they didn't make more, but that is a great film. Mm. And I do wonder if like if there was no more, no more of Dune, would you really go back and watch Dune? You know. As a single, does I, it work as a single entity? Hundred percent not. Yeah, not so much. No. So, yeah, <laughs> the characters aren't engaging enough. No, I agree. I agree. And every time they said spice, I was like, I, yeah. I, my eyes rolled further back. And, yeah. Why is it always spice? Boba Fett started doing this too. Why, oh, why is really spice annoying, just it? like the? It's like the universal. <laughs> it's the generic, generic like term nonsense for saying just say heroin. Just yeah. say heroin. It's yeah. fine. You know, yeah. Make it space heroin. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> So very far removed from Dune, a mm-hmm. uh, completely different kind of film that I've seen. Uh, I saw this week that I really I sup- liked a lot more than I expected to was uh, Coda. Okay. And this is Apple TV's big Oscar push. This is their big hopeful this year. Mm. Um, I don't think Apple TV have ever had an Oscar, a major Oscar push. They're obviously quite a new platform, relatively speaking. I could swear they've tried. Yeah, I'm sure they, I can't think of any that were nominated. Uh, Nomadland was Disney Plus. Mm. Uh, I can't think. Maybe they have had other ones, but this is a probably going to be the most the first apple tv film to get multiple nominations mm-hmm. um this is a film coda stands for child of deaf adults okay um and it's about a teenage girl whose entire family her mother her father and her older brother are all profoundly deaf mm-hmm. and what's great about this film, it, it, all the deaf characters are played by deaf actors which mm-hmm. is nice you don't have to watch you know I, I don't know who like bradley cooper pretending to be deaf which is you know <laughs> would, 10 years ago you would have been you know so that's what so Jared like, Leto. It would, He'd do oh, it. it would have been Jared Leto. Yeah. It absolutely would have been Jared Leto, yeah. yeah. Who we'll get to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about Jared Leto this year. <laughs> but yeah, so large portions of this film are conducted entirely in sign language. Mm-hmm. Subtitled, obviously, so you can understand mm-hmm. them as a non-sign language speaker. But yeah, I thought this was 
fantastic. And again, I think you'll really like it. It's not depressing. It's really, really funny, actually. This was mm-hmm. laugh out loud funny, really heartwarming, uh, really touching in places. So she's a child of an all deaf family. And so she's been kind of used to being... Very, she's not deaf. She's not deaf. She hears right. perfectly. Yeah. And they're also quite very working class. They, they, they don't have a lot of money. They work, the, the dad and the brother work fishing. They, they go on the boats and they fish, kind of like Forrest Gump, really, mm-hmm. you know, on, on one of those trawler kind of things. And then they sell the fish to the markets and they're really struggling to make ends meet. And she has to get up every morning and help them on the fish, on, on the trawler, because they need they need somebody who can hear legally to be on the boat with them for right. health and safety reasons, because otherwise they can't hear alarms, they can't hear other boats, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They can't hear radios alerting of things. So she needs to help them out because they, they can't afford to hire anyone. So she works with them for free. Mm-hmm. This isn't a spoiler, this is the plot. Uh, so she has to get up at like three o'clock every morning, do this, then go to school, usually stinking of fish. Mm. She's very used to being like protective. All the kids obviously make fun of her family. They think they're weird and all this stuff. So she's used to being very protective of them and them kind of relying on her. Mm-hmm. And then as the film goes on, she also discovers... It's weird. It's kind of like two different films. There's one really interesting kind of gritty film about what it's like to be deaf in America and to not have a lot of money and, you know, how to make ends meet that and then there's this second film that's kind of super generic where she joins the choir and discovers that she joins the choir because there's a boy she likes and she wants to be in the choir with him mm-hmm. and then she discovers oh my god i've got an amazing singing voice <laughs> and it's like so generic and then everyone's like mm. but you're so talented and it's kind of like oh this is like an episode of glee my god <laughs> and that part of it kind of so there's a, there's a lot of sentimentality and a lot of cliches mm. but in that half of the story, but the other half of the story stays really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then just altogether, it just somehow kind of worked for me. Mm. I really, I thought the, the acting was fantastic all across the board, the deaf actors, the non-deaf actors. I thought everyone in it was super charismatic and charming mm. and just, yeah. And I thought it was just lovely. Um, it's definitely going to get best picture, I think, or very likely to. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be some acting in there as well. So I think this, that's one's definitely one to watch. So, okay. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that'll be one that you and Louise will both enjoy. It's a very easy watch. And again, it won't make you feel super sad. It sounds good. I like the concept. Yeah. No, it is a really good concept and it's very well done mm-hmm. for the most part. So yeah, I liked Coda a lot. Nice. So one that will probably be nominated for best actress Mike in for best picture it is uh, being the Ricardos mm. uh, from Aaron Sorkin who did uh, the trial of the Chicago 7 oh, yeah. years ago which was a big Oscar film yeah. I can't remember did you like trial of the Chicago 7 I, I did and I didn't mm. like there was a lot of it that I enjoyed but I think it was the film that kind of confirmed yeah I don't like Aaron Sorkin yeah this one is because it was very scripted that, all that, of his films film. are very scripted and this was too but I think mm, slightly less so mm. but yeah, and it, it, this felt to me like a film that probably makes more sense if you're American because it's based on the life. Well, it's not based on it. It is about the life of an actress called Lucille Ball from who mm-hmm. was very famous in in America in the 60s. She, she was like one of the first big sitcom stars. Mm-hmm. She had a sit, her own sitcom in the 1960s uh, called I Love Lucy, which is like right. iconic in America, but I don't think really ever got shown here or certainly hasn't like you know mm. it's not something kids today are watching or referencing you know mm. so nicole kidman plays lucille ball javier bardem plays her husband in real life her husband the actress's husband was also the author played her husband in the sitcom so it's kind got of it. quite meta yeah so yeah so it's about them and they're making they're shooting this super popular sitcom and they're having marital difficulties he's may or may not be having an affair and cheating on her she's trying to find out the truth and also the show is being in danger of being cancelled because she's been accused of being a communist mm-hmm. and this is in the height of like 1960s like communist witch hunts when mm-hmm. it was like 
people were literally being cancelled for being communist or any kind of socialist leanings. So that's mm-hmm. the story, basically. Very Aaron Sorkin, very about, you know, about being on television and about politics and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was engaging. I was never bored. Mm-hmm. I thought Kidman was really, really good. Uh, I just, I kind of watched it. I got to the end. I was like, well, I, was, I, I like that. I just didn't really see the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like, well, that was that was really interesting. But why was it a film? Mm-hmm. Like, so... I don't know. You might like it. Yeah. I wouldn't say rush to see it. I would say put that on your middle list. But, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I, yeah. It was decent. And I think there's a good chance that she'll win the Oscar. She seems to be getting a bit of momentum right now. So, yeah. you know, they, they love it. It's like You when, said that for a, few, for a few people to me. It's quite competitive this year. It's good. Mm-hmm. But I think the actress one is between her and Olivia Colman. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lady Gaga, but oof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But you know how the Oscars loves when somebody plays another famous person. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Renee Zellweger played Judy Garland or mm-hmm. uh, Rami Malek played... Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, yes, mm-hmm. there's that. Um, so, and Nicole Kidman was very good. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't be angry if she won. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't super excite me, but uh, it was okay. Lucy Ricardo will be pregnant on the show. An eight-episode arc, starting with Lucy telling Ricky the happy news and ending with the birth of the baby. <laughs> oh. No, no. You can't have a pregnant woman on television. Why not? Because it's television. We come into people's homes. Pregnant women often vomit. I know I could any second. May I say something? Frankly, I can't wait. If Lucy Ricardo's pregnant, the audience's mind immediately goes to, how did she get that way? Lucy and Ricky sleep in separate beds. We'll be pushing the beds together, too. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Des. We're going to have to put our foot down on this one. You can't do it. End of discussion. Okay, so should we talk about House of Gucci? Okay. Right. House of Gucci. So you haven't seen this one ever yet. No. I do think you should. I've, ha- I've had the option to go see it in the cinema and I decided not to. Oh, really? Yeah. When was this? Have you had the option to leave the house? Well, it came out months ago. Oh, I guess it... Oh, no, you're right. We vetoed it. Yeah. We, well, you vetoed it. We went to see someone else entirely. Yeah. Spider-Man, I think. Yeah. Oh, and that was never going to be... A ch- that was, I was never going to win that <laughs> battle, was I? But, but, that's fine. I'm happy that we saw Spider-Man. <laughs> I saw this in the cinema. No, I think it, I think it might have been... I think we might have um, blanked it for June. Yes, we did. Either June or the Eternals. Yeah. yeah so. Like either way, it, it wasn't a, a hard out win, was it? No. It was but, like, oh, that was quite a boring film. Maybe House of Gucci would have been. No, it would no, have been terrible. No, I think if you were going to watch one on the big screen between Dune and House of Gucci, you, you better to have seen Dune on the big screen. <laughs> you, you could watch House of Gucci on TV. Yeah. It feels quite TV movie-ish, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't vibe with this film at all. No. It's just. How long is it? It's too... Oh, it's too long. Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Yeah, it doesn't way surprise long, me at all. Way longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So the story is about... So Lady Gaga plays this woman, Patrizia something it, or other. Is it anything to do with Gucci, the, like the brand? Yes, it is. Right, So okay. she, Lady Gaga plays a woman, a real-life woman, who marries into the Gucci family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Gucci is already this very old, established fashion house. Mm-hmm. And so she gets married to Adam thingy from marriage story and he played Dolphin. driver adam driver i don't know yeah. why that left my head yeah she gets married to adam driver and marries into this gucci and this crazy family and then they become like they stop running gucci but then he's basically their marriage falls apart and it's about how she tries to keep what is it about you know i've forgotten the basic plot now oh yeah she tries to have him killed that's it yeah so honestly this film it just went on and on and on mm. so the, the tone of this film is bizarre because you've got about five or six very esteemed... Well, you've got five or six very esteemed actors and Lady Gaga, who, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, did well in A Star Is Born. Fine. Yeah. She can act, whatever. But they're all... I don't think any of them are actually Italian. I think she maybe has... No, she, yeah, she has Italian family. She's legit Italian. Mm. But everyone in this is doing a different version of an Italian accent. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's comical how different they are. Mm. Like you've got her doing, I guess she's maybe doing the best accent. I guess uh, you've got Adam Driver who's sort of attempting. You've got Jeremy Irons who starts off vaguely trying to be Italian and then just goes straight back to British and just stays right. British for the rest of his time in the film. Right. And then you've got Al Pacino who's just like being Al Pacino with a slight twang. And then you've got Jared Leto who's like, it's a me, Mario. And <laughs> I cannot express, honestly, I cannot express how bad, how jaw-droppingly bad mm. Jared Leto is in this movie. Really? And it is stunning to me that he might get nominated for Best Supporting Actor because it is god awful like mm-hmm. it's 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 like the room levels of over the top ridiculous and the thing is if the whole movie was like that mm. about like, yeah great he's it's a comedy he's he knows what movie he's in mm-hmm. he's giving a great comedy performance yeah but the movie isn't that funny mm. and it really there are long periods of it that are super boring mm-hmm. and then there's occasional bits that are just really camp and weird but it just it never gels mm. like it never feels like Everyone, anyone's in the same film kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I just found, found it really flat. I thought the direction was really flat. And yeah, I wasn't keen on it. But there was a lot of stuff that just made me cringe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't understand at all why this is... Some people seem to really like this film. Yeah. And I, I just did not get it at all. I, no. was, I was like, I, I thought this was actively a bad film. Like a badly made, mostly badly acted film. So I was really surprised and continues to be surprised. Would it be a fun time while drunk? I think you'd have to be because I watched it Stone Cold Sober and that did not help. Okay. But yeah, I think a few beers would make this go down a lot smoother. That's, that doesn't sound like, you know, it's Saturday night, you're having a few drinks with your friends. Hey, let's put on this stupid film and drink to it. It's not, that's why I wanted it to be. Yeah. I'd love it if it was that, but it's not quite that. Mm. It's like, it has its moments, but there's... So is there any situation which you'd watch it again? I think I probably would. I'm not asking I, to watch it with you. No, I'm no, just... no, but I think I'd, maybe again in the situation of watching it with other people and a few beers just mm-hmm. to see if it was as bad as i remembered it being mm-hmm. or maybe it just maybe i was just wrong-footed by it and then you know maybe the second time i'd have more positive things to think about it but i wouldn't be rushing to see it again now mm-hmm. and the thing that annoys me the most is that this is directed by ridley scott who directed two films this year mm-hmm. this which is getting showered of all these awards which mm-hmm. i think undeservedly and then his other one the last jewel which i thought was great it's also adam driver isn't it also as Adam Driver, I think they probably shot them back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Last Jewel is great and everyone's just ignoring it and that's probably not going to get any nominations anymore. It might. Is it, it based on any real people? Yes, but it's based on like long ago, not like showbiz right. people. It's set in like the 13th century. So Yeah, well, that's its problem. Yeah, it, but it, I, I really liked The Last Jewel because mm-hmm. it, it felt like an old fashioned, you know, swords and sandals, like swashbuckling. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got, a, everyone's wearing chain mail and, you know, it's just... It's just, I just found it a lot more engaging. The acting was a lot better. It was really fun, well, fun in places. Mm. I thought it had an interesting structure. It had, uh, it's basically the story of a, a knight in 13th century France mm. uh, who goes off to fight a war. And while he's at war, his wife is raped by, so the, the knight is played by Matt Damon mm. and his wife is played by Jodie Comer from uh, Killing Eve. And while he's away, she is raped by Adam Driver, mm. who is another knight who's kind of a more popular knight because mm. Matt Damon plays kind of a, uh, a stick in the mud kind of knight who nobody really, everyone respects because he's a good warrior, but nobody actually likes him. He doesn't really have any yeah. friends. Whereas Adam Driver is very charismatic and he's friends with all the popular knights and lords and ladies, etc., uh, including Ben Affleck, who is really fun in this. Probably the most fun I've seen Ben Affleck be in a long, long time. Yeah. Playing like 
a medieval Boris Johnson, which is a weird choice, but it kind of works. Okay. He's got like platinum blonde hair and he's just, it's, when you see it, you'll know he's just doing an impression of Boris Johnson. It's just mm. like, okay. <laughs> but it really works for the character. Yeah. So fair enough. And it's fun. So what's, what's his role? He plays like a very senior, maybe a prince. Okay. But he's higher up and he, and because he likes Adam Driver, he lets him get away with everything. And he doesn't, ah, he doesn't yeah. like Matt Damon. He finds Matt Damon really boring and too serious. Right. And so he doesn't take him seriously. Yeah. And so that's, there's kind of an injustice there straight away. Mm-hmm. But also you watch it and you, you can be like, well, Matt Damon is kind of a pill. You know, mm-hmm. the, re- the real victim in it is Jodie Comer's character, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the way it's shot is really good because it's told from, it's quite long, but it's split nicely into three chapters. Mm-hmm. So you've got the first 45 minutes are the story from Matt Damon's perspective mm-hmm. that very much makes him look like this, this like hero who's been like wronged and it's very mm-hmm. black and white. Then you see it from Adam Driver's perspective and it gives you a little bit more nuance to it. Mm-hmm. It kind of implies that maybe was it rape or were they having an affair? Did she encourage him kind of thing? Right. And also it makes him look a lot more charismatic versus Matt Damon. Yeah. And then the third one is from Jodie Comer's character's perspective, which um, tells it from... T- just shows you, shows you everything. Yeah, kind of. It's funny. Yeah, it, it, kind of does, it very much implies that her version is the true version. So, yeah. and it it's really interesting. Like it, 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 I think the way that that structure actually makes the film that could otherwise have been a little bit dull. It keeps it really interesting and it really makes you think about you know, how the different perspectives are intersecting. Is it like uh, the same thing from three different angles or is it like scenes are done differently? Like with slightly different scripts and different... Scenes different are acting. done differently with different right, scripts. Okay. So yeah, yeah, the, the interactions, the, the same conversations happen, but different words are said, different actions are said. Like right, Matt Damon's okay. reaction to Jodie Comer... So it's almost like these three characters are remembering it after the fact. Yeah. And it, like, it, or remembering very, it slightly Very much so, because it all culminates in this fight to the death between mm. Matt Damon and Adam Driver. Uh, and basically what they decide is that, because you know, they, they believe that like these kind of duels are ordained by God. And whoever mm. wins, that means that they must have been telling the truth because God was on their side. Right. That's what they believed. Yeah. So it's really, there's a whole lot of tension because... Who, Whoever wins, obviously the one will die, mm. but also that reflects on whether Jodie Comer has been telling the truth or whether she's a liar and she's uh-huh. accused someone of rape, you know, which is a, a crime. Yeah. So it, it really builds up the tension and that last, the, the, the actual duel, I won't spoil what happens in case you watch it because mm-hmm. I think you should, but it is bone crunchingly tense. It is <laughs> so, I watched it with like my hand over my mouth. It yeah. Was so it, this film really gripped me. Mm. Like it started off a little bit slow, but by the end I was, edge of my seats and, it, and it's been a long time since the film's done that to me so mm-hmm. i'm really annoyed that nobody's paying attention to this film mm. and ev- especially because everyone's paying attention to a much worse film by the same director mm-hmm. it's very puzzling to me so is this for you what spider-man is to me yes it's, but it's the, it's the snub of the century yeah but at least you can say spider-man made loads of money and everyone saw it this film just enough, bombed. Yeah. this film <laughs> yeah. just like nobody watched which is probably why it's kind of been forgotten a little bit because it mm. didn't make it. It was it was like a huge flop, mm. made hardly any money. I think it just was marketed very badly, and it was unfortunately released just as Omicron spiked and stuff. So it just uh. it was just bad timing, mm. got buried, but uh, deserves better. And mm-hmm. I hope I hope this film finds an audience in the long run, even if it doesn't get any Oscars. So yeah, so yeah, House of Gucci, bad, but we'll probably get nominated. Mm. Uh, well, we'll get nominated for some things. Might get Best Picture nominated, but uh, yeah, Last Jewel, underrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else have we got? Oh, The Power of the Dog. Okay. This is a Netflix one. Mm. This is also very, very likely, probably the second most likely after Belfast to get Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Directed by Jane Campion, who I don't think you will have seen any films. She did a very famous film called The Piano in the 90s. 
Uh, I think you might struggle with this one. It's a little bit slow. Mm. Uh, it does have ben- Benedict Cumberbatch, who is very, very good in it. Okay. Um, I don't like all his films. No, but just because he's, he's Doctor Strange, he is I don't like good, him in everything. But he's very good, and like he's the most interesting thing about this film. Okay. So I think I think that will give you something to hang on to. He's very good. Yeah. Um, it's set in like the nineteen. I think the 1930s, 40s ish. It's not quite clear because mm. it's like in the old West when it's kind of everything's oh, right. yeah. like in a little bit in the past anyway, or live, like stuck in the past. So him and his brother played by Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad and lots of things. Uh, they are like their brothers who run a ranch. I think a ranch in like in the, in the West somewhere. I yeah. forget what state it's set in. And then the brother, Jesse Plemons marries Kirsten Dunst. Okay. And she is like a, a widow a young widow who's running a, a restaurant. So she's kind of living handsome off. And she's got this teenage son who's played by an actor called Cody Smith McPhee. Uh, again, I don't know what you'd have seen him in. He was Oscar nominated years ago for a, when he was a kid for uh, something about riding whales. I forget what it was called now. It was, <laughs> a, was it called the whale rider? I can't remember. Anyway, creative. <laughs> I, it, I don't think it was, but it was something like that. Anyway, he was very good. Uh, he's like this, not very masculine kind of very quiet, um, shy little boy who likes well not a little boy he's like 19 mm. reads a lot of books so and be- basically the main plot thing of the story is that benedict Cumberbatch takes an instant dislike to kirsten dunst i think he's like quite jealous that she's kind of taking his brother away from him mm. and just spends the film utterly tormenting her mm. but he also develops kind of an interesting kind of antagonistic relationship with this teenage boy and it's kind of just about all about their relationships and how they kind of torment each other a little bit it does get interesting but it is definitely quite slowly paced Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I kind of thought about it a lot afterwards. Kind of, it's one that I probably will watch again, just because probably is one of those ones that a second watch might. One that on. sticks with you. Yeah, it okay. was one that was like gripped by, but I did kind of afterwards. I was like, oh, that, that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. So. Well, it sounds like it's more interesting than Nomadland, then. Yeah. Oh, oh, god, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's, it's not. Like, th- Nomadland did not stick with me, other than the fact that, like, why did that win? Yeah. No, 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 no. I think it's better. Well, I think it's more engaging than Nomadland. Yeah. I think it's worth a go because it's definitely one that will get loads of nominations and might even win Best Picture. So I think it's definitely worth give, giving it a, a chance. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not the most accessible of all the films, I would say. Mm. I wonder what little lady made these. <laughs> Actually, I did, sir. My mother was a florist. So I made them to look like the ones in our garden. Oh, well, do pardon me. They're just as real as possible. Mm. Ah, now, gentlemen, look, see, that's what you do with the clock. It's really just for wine drips. Oh, you got that, boys? Only for the drip. <laughs> <laughs> now get us some food. Oh, a really fun one mm. was Licorice Pizza. Okay. Really liked this one. Yeah. It was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who did uh, Boogie Nights, which we did on oh, yeah. the main show. Yeah. And also Phantom Fred, which we I know you were not a fan of. But <laughs> <laughs> this, this one's a lot more... A lot more fun. This mm. one's a lot more fun. It stars Alana Heim from the band Heim and Cooper... Oh, I forget his surname. Well, Cooper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman. Because Cooper Hoffman is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. 
Okay. Yeah, so Philip Seymour Hoffman, who sadly passed away a few years ago, mm-hmm. his son. They played two teenagers in the 1970s, I think, early mm-hmm. 70s. Uh, she's older. She's like 19. He's like 15, I think. There's like mm-hmm. a, a not insignificant age gap between them. And they become like fast friends. That They meet at like a high school thing and they become friends, even though she's a lot older. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, he kind of has a crush on her, but she's kind of, no, I'm too old. I'm not dating a 15 year old kind of thing. Mm. And it's just kind of, there's, there's not a whole lot of plot, but it's just a lot of like fun moments of just the two of them kind of hanging out and having wild adventures. There's a crazy side plot halfway through, which is really, really fun yeah. with Bradley Cooper, where he plays this like psychotic cocaine addicted showbiz person. And he, he shows up for like 15 minutes of the film. He's mm. not in it for much, but it's one of those like moments when someone appears in a film and it just like kind of steals the whole movie nice. it's a lot of yeah. fun it's I like re- that yeah 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 you'll really like him in it for sure mm-hmm. it's laugh out loud hilarious mm-hmm. like, it's the most fun i've ever had because bradley cooper is one of those actors who i generally find talented but a little dull mm-hmm. he never really blows me away mm-hmm. in this he was this is easily the most fun thing he's ever done okay so yeah he's great she she's really great the girl alana heim she's fantastic all the acting is fantastic mm-hmm. loads of really fun little cameos pop up lots of famous people just pop up for a couple of scenes mm-hmm. and it just yeah this one was a really good time great great like 70s soundtrack mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I would put that one high on the list for sure okay I think, I think you'll have a good time with that one. yeah sounds good yeah mm-hmm. what else is there i feel like there's so many i'm talking about now but then you've not seen anything so i guess this is oh, this, this is really interesting to me cool good well i hope it's interesting to the listeners as well uh west side story oh okay. yes have you seen the original west well the, the the old west side story i'm not sure if i have but i do vaguely know the story because I, I i saw a stage show yeah a few years ago um didn't like it no i don't love the story of west side story which uh, no. sounds worse sounds worse than it is but like it's basically a very much a reheated romeo and juliet but set mm-hmm. against in like the lasting community of america mm-hmm. um so yeah, I, I don't love the story, but it, the songs are the the selling point. Of yes, absolutely. it's got a very very iconic soundtrack. It, you know? it, I assume it's using the original songs. All the same songs. Yeah. So America, I want to be in America. There's a place for us somewhere. Mm-hmm. Tonight, tonight. You know, there's a lot of songs that you'll hear them and be like, even though if even if the titles aren't giving you anything, mm-hmm. you'll hear them. And be like, oh, that that really famous song. Mm-hmm. It's there's loads of that. Yeah, this is Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. and it's very much a Steven Spielberg film. You know, it looks fantastic. It's very ambitious. You know, it's lots of sweeping cinematography. Yeah, has he done a musical before? No, I think it's his first musical. All oh, right. So yeah, probably the best film he's done in ages, because mm-hmm. you know he's he's had like a few slightly dodgy ones, like mm. uh, you know, Ready Player One, for example, wasn't. That oh great. yeah, that was him. It was. Yeah, yeah. So no, this feels like Spielberg doing his best crowd pleasing Spielberg. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was pretty good. Like, again, I, I still don't love the story, mm-hmm. but it was very pretty to look at. The music sounded great. So the main one, it, the main actors I wasn't that thrilled with. Uh, I didn't think the girl was who plays Maria was terribly interesting. Mm-hmm. She has a beautiful voice, but I didn't think she was the most interesting actress in the world. Also, it's a boring part. That's the other thing with West Side mm-hmm. Story is it's a boring part. Mm-hmm. The, the, the leads, all they, can, all they do is fall in love and moan about it. Yeah. And, and that's dull but the, there are a lot of really good side characters mm. the girl who plays Anita who mm. is the character who sings the most famous song which is I wanna be an American you know that song yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah she is an absolute star like she walks away with the movie mm. 100% every time she's on screen just lights it up Nice. She's you, great. You think she'll get anything then well I think she's the front runner to win best supporting actress and right. deservedly so yeah she is absolutely fantastic mm. uh, she really deserves to definitely be up there so mm-hmm. yeah she's great and the, like i said the musical numbers are really well choreographed they look absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as a, I, this one I was glad I saw in the cinema because it feels like it's a cinema event. So mm. it's a shame that not many people saw it in the cinema. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think this might do well because A, it's Spielberg and he always does well. But also I think there might be a bit of sympathy for him because the film made so little money. Because mm. it wasn't like it didn't get good reviews. I th- again, it just got caught with COVID. Right. You know, I think a lot of older people, more old people, older people are more inclined to go and see a musical, especially one that's based on an old property. Mm. And it came out against Spider-Man and all the young people went to see Spider-Man oh, and the older people just didn't go to the cinema. Yeah. So it just, it really lost a lot of money. But I think this is one of those ones where people might be like, oh, that deserved better. So, well, yeah. And it also, it does deserve to be in the mix for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd necessarily put it in a best picture, but I can, I can appreciate it being there. And I'm sure it'll be in a lot of the technical ones. And yeah, I'm pretty sure she, the girl, Ariana DeBose, the girl, she's like 30. Ariana DeBose, I think, will win Best Supporting Actress or come yeah. very close. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. A good film. One that I've not seen, so I can't say much about it, oh. but um, one that will probably be in the mix that I should watch at some point is King Richard. Oh, yeah. This is the tennis one, mm-hmm. which... I remember seeing the trailer for this and thinking, oh, this seems misguided because it's the story of Serena and Venus Williams, the iconic, Mm -hmm. fantastically talented tennis stars, Mm -hmm. as told from the perspective of their dad. Yeah. It's like, here's two amazing women. Let's tell their dad's story. Yeah. Which just made me think, why? Yeah. What a weird choice. (laughs) Is is he the interesting one in the family? What a weird choice in 2022. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's some sort of a framing device. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Apparently the Williams sisters were very much collaborating on the story and they were, so it's not just like someone's been like, Hey, let's tell this man's story. All right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and apparently Will Smith is really good. He's the front winner to win best actor. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it, again, I've not seen it. Maybe it's the best thing he's ever done. I will decide after watching it. I mean, it's not going to be better than Wild Wild West. Well, true. Yeah. That's too high of a bar, yeah. but it, it might just be one of those things. It was like, well, Will Smith should definitely have an Oscar by now. So in a, yeah, in yeah, a, yeah. In a year when I would say the acting, Best actor is probably one of the less competitive categories. Mm-hmm. So probably one of those things. Well, let's let's give it to the mega star who mm-hmm. has paid his dues. Mm-hmm. But that might be me being a snob. I've not seen the film. So I'll watch the film and I'll get back to you on that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like it's going to be quite a crowd-pleasing one. You know, it's Will Smith. It's never going to be super, you know, depressing and gritty. Mm-hmm. Apart from that one where he, tra- where he tried to kill himself by selling all his organs, but never mind. Um, <laughs> that's a strange one. <laughs> uh, I remember that being really good. I mean, yeah. quite quite sad, sure. Yeah, yeah, but, but I remember it being really good. True, I guess. And I've, and I've, does... I've always wanted to watch it again because it was such a good film, but I've just ne- I've never got it in me. No, yeah. I know, like it's such a difficult one to suggest. Like, hey, do you want to watch Seven Pounds tonight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop. No, ne- never going to be in the movie. It was not really a date night movie. Um, but yeah, so we'll see on that one. I'm interested to see. It. I missed it in the cinema, but uh, I'm, mm. I will definitely see it before the Oscar ceremony. Which, un- unless it doesn't get nominated for anything, but I think that's unlikely. Mm. So. It's almost certainly going to get Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Um, the other f- Best Actor contender is Andrew Garfield in a Netflix film. Oh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Boom. Yeah. Did which, you... which, which initially, when I saw the trailer for it and found out what it was, I was like, oh, this sounds like a cash-in. This sounds awful. Yeah. But apparently it's doing really well. Yeah, no, I was surprised how much I liked this. Oh, you watched it? I watched it, yeah. No, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. about the the story of the guy who wrote the famous musical rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I don't like rent. I don't actually think it's a very good musical. Same. So I, that immediately made me think now. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. This is the music from this is not the music from rent, mm. which in my mind is a plus. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that style. You mean? It's not that style. No, right. it, well, it's, it's, it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda. Ah. I don't know how that man hasn't burned out yet. He produces so <laughs> much stuff. Is he going for an EGOT? 
Oh, he's absolutely going for an EGOT. He's desperate for an EGOT. Yeah. Because he's got the... He's got the, he must he's have got the egged. He's got the egged. He just needs yeah. to go. So yeah, he's yeah. got his he's got his Emmy. He's got his Grammy. He's got his Tony. So he got just, an Emmy? I think so for the TV. I think he got it for like the TV production of of Hamilton. I'm pretty sure he's got an Emmy for something. What? Because Hamilton was filmed and released on Disney Plus. That got him an Emmy. So, I'm sure he's got it for something. Maybe. Oh, something that is. A lot of other EGOT wannabes are probably kicking themselves out of there's that. There's always, there's always one. Yeah. Actually, he might get his Oscar this year for um, Encanto because he wrote all the songs for that as well. Mm. Like in this 12... I've heard, I've heard that Disney aren't pushing that one for, 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 for music. Oh, are they not? That's interesting. I or thought... maybe they're just not pushing uh, the Bruno song. Yeah, because the Bruno song has been that's, like That's the catchy one. Yeah. That's the let it go of the movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But if they don't, not, they're insane. It's not, that's not my favourite of the movie. No, but it's the one that's the hit. So. Mm. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. But if not, then they're mad because it's been massive. Mm. But anyway, yeah, in the past like 12 months, he's done In the Heights. He's mm. done Tick, Tick, Boom. And he's done Encanto. It's like, my God, take mm. a rest. Yeah. But that being... Well, In the Heights, that he probably wasn't writing new music for the movie because that was an adaptation. Oh, that's of... true. That is based on a thing he made years ago. Yeah. But so yeah. He, he was probably less involved in that one. Possibly, yeah. But still, I... I Unless he, he was directing it, which would have well, he, he had me. his like... Little... I know that he was in it. He was in it for... And, and, it, yeah. and it's his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, this is very much in his style. It's got that like very, you know, you know, I'm a, you know what a Lin Miranda, a Lin Manuel Miranda musical sounds like. It's very mm -hmm. talky, very rappy, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it really worked for me. This was for me the Andrew Garfield show. Mm. Like he just, it's a really good showcase. He's writing so high right now. He's having a great year. Yeah, he is really charismatic in this. His singing is great. Mm -hmm. The musical performances are really fun. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know who else is great, surprisingly? Mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa Hutchins from The Princess Switch, oh. isn't it? <laughs> and she's got, she's like more of a MC kind of character, where she's not like a character who like has a lot of speaking in it, mm -hmm. but she does a lot of the numbers with him. And mm -hmm. there's one number in particular that I thought was just so delightful. Mm -hmm. It's just the two of them sitting on a stool. I forget what it's called, but it's like a, a musical number about having a breakup. But mm -hmm. it's not like sad, sad breakup song. It's like mm -hmm. funny breakup song. Okay. And it's really fun and she's fantastic in it. And mm -hmm. she has great, her hair looks so shiny. I don't know why, but I was, <laughs> I remember watching this really fun thing and like, God, her hair looks great. Like, <laughs> what is she using? Like, <laughs> so. Well, are you thinking of using it? For what? No, I just, it, she, I just, when you watch it and yeah. I recommend it, look out for her hair. Okay. She, she's got very shiny hair. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, Ticks at Boom, I thought was, yeah, very fun, yeah. very interesting. I didn't know the story particularly well, so it was really interesting to have that backstory on him and how he came to write this very powerful, even though I don't like it very much, play. Mm -hmm. You know, it, whether I like it or not, it's a very, it's a play that a lot of people love and it's obviously quite significant because it's about, a lot about people, the AIDS crisis and people dying of AIDS. And so there's a lot of that in this film about how he he, he wasn't gay. Well the, or, well, the film kind of doesn't, go too much into his identity but he has a girlfriend for a lot of this film so he was mm. at, the, at the least bi um but he like all his friends are gay and mm -hmm. so in this film tick tick boom like he's seeing a lot of his friends get sick and die and again mm. this makes it sound super depressing but it's not it's handled in a way that's not too bleak mm -hmm. but and then he writes this musical rents as kind of a way to express that and mm. it's just it's really heartwarming and interesting and yeah andrew garfield absolute star turn mm. like he's great if he doesn't win an oscar this year he'll get one one day because he's just mm. an absolute yeah he's just brilliant he's, he's a movie star he yeah. can do it all so yeah good on andrew garfield good yeah yeah mm -hmm. i wish i tried watching that one last night instead of the lost daughter sorry i should have recommended <laughs> that one to you yes. <laughs> well no you, to be fair you did explicitly ask you explicitly something ask that louise wouldn't like something that yeah, your yeah, wife yeah. would not want to watch and 
and, and it fun. sounds like Tick, Tick, Boom would be a good, good, yeah, good that, time all around. Yeah, there's loads of what the thing is. A lot of the ones on streaming are actually really watchable and fun. Okay. So yeah, it was either Lost Daughter or Power of the Dog mm. that you probably you, you might want to try on your own mm. if, if if Louise can't be bothered with them. Yeah. Like she wouldn't miss too much there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Lost Daughter though, mm-hmm. um, so that was one that you attempted to watch yesterday. But yes, yeah. I mean I, I will still watch it. Just mm. uh, I had to stop. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, family family calls. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was. This was weird for me because the, the trailer for it was made it look like a thriller. And I was like, oh, I'm well into this, like a dark thriller with Olivia Coleman. Mm. Yes, please. That trailer lied. Oh, that would have been so disappointing. Yeah, the trailer oh. is yeah, the tra- the trailer completely missells the movie. Which is not to say the movie is bad at mm. all. It's it's quite good. Mm-hmm. It's based on a novel by an author called Isabella Lend, I think. And it's directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake's sister. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, it stars Olivia Coleman. She is a single woman who goes to a Greek island for a holiday. Mm-hmm. Makes Greeks look depressing. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's it, the worst holiday of my ever my life was in Greece. So I'm, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe Greece. Maybe I didn't have a bad time. Maybe Greece just sucks. Oh know, right, like, well that's because the best holiday of my life was in Greece. Well, then I guess a couple, couple months ago. I know, I'm yeah. Of course, it, oh yes, of course. Yeah, no, no. I, I would love to go back to Greece. I didn't get the best out of it, but mm. she goes on like a solo holiday to Greece, and she's on this like quite. It's like beachy resort, and she encounters a family of, I don't know how far you got into it, but she encounters this family of like quite, I think they're New York, but quite mm-hmm. loud mouthed, rambunctious. Yeah, like I got to, I got to them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Dakota Fanning, not Dakota Fanning, Dakota Johnson from mm-hmm. the uh, Fifty Shades movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dakota Johnson, who I think is fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. I thought she was one of the stars. And the, the actress who played her sister as well, mm-hmm. um, Dagmara Dominizic or something, I think she's Hungarian. Mm-hmm. She was really underrated i thought she was fantastic as well i thought mm-hmm. they were great olivia coleman was i'll say this olivia coleman's performance is outstanding mm-hmm. like really really outstanding and i'm not mad at her getting oscar nominated at all um but yeah the film is about her interactions with these this family who've got a little girl who goes missing for a, a portion of the film mm-hmm. and through the film she's having flashbacks of her own it's, we find out that she had two small children mm-hmm. and it kind of flashes back it doesn't really tell you but clearly her relationship with them is not particularly close mm-hmm. and there's lots of flashbacks with uh, where jesse buckley plays a young olivia coleman okay um and it kind of reveals through fla- through flashback a little bit kind of what's happened to her and her children and you know explains who she is a little bit mm. i thought the stuff with olivia coleman was really interesting and quite good and had like quite good tension but all there was i thought the flashbacks were too much mm. i thought there were too many and it kind of belabored the point a little bit mm-hmm. i would have liked it more if there was just like one flashback at the end that was like this is why she is the way she is right you know because like the whole film she's like very spiky and not very friendly to people and but she's obviously like got some kind of dark secret because she's also having some kind of emotional breakdown she steals a doll and then doesn't give it back for the whole movie kind of mm-hmm. thing she's behaving quite strangely but then there's all these flashbacks that kind of are like, oh, well, this is why kind of thing. And I just kind of wish they'd saved it all and just done it one, in one bit at the end because mm. otherwise it just kind of, I, I didn't really gel with the Jesse Buckley parts of the film. Mm-hmm. But Olivia Coleman is really, it's one of the best performances she's given. There's a scene where she's sat in a cinema with a bunch of like rowdy young boys who are just like, you know, insult, making fun of her, insulting her. And yeah. she's trying to watch this film and they're just like shouting. And she tries to shush them, which is obviously a huge mistake because mm-hmm. then they turn on her and it's, it's hard to describe until you see it, but you'll know when you see it. Like she does so much with her face without actually saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You can just see like there's like a long close up on her face while she goes through this like all these emotions of like rage and embarrassment. And it's just mm-hmm. without saying a word, it's all there, and it's just it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. So 
yes, she's fantastic. The movie was, again, wasn't the most thrilling thing I ever saw, but after watching it, kind of like The Power of the Dog, kind of stayed with me. I mm. kind of like thought yeah. about it a lot more. And I, again, I might watch this one again close to the time just to like shore up my opinions on it. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Again, I wouldn't recommend it for Louise because uh, I don't think it would be something she would enjoy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you could definitely give it a go. I yeah. think uh, if you enjoy the acting of Olivia Coleman, you'll find some stuff to enjoy in that for sure. Nice. Yeah. So she's not calming down. Yeah. It's been a weird day. We found her and then she lost her doll. I used to have a doll like that, called Mina. Mina? Mina. Or Mini Mama, as my mother called her. You'll find it. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Don't I think of the main ones? A um, couple of other ones that probably won't get nominated, but I saw, so I'll mention briefly. Yeah. There's a Apple TV remake of the Shakespeare play Macbeth, starring Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington. Okay. It looks beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's Macbeth. Nice. And that's pretty much all I can say about it. Okay. It is the play Macbeth. <laughs> if you like Macbeth, you'll like it. If you don't, yeah. No, it's very much a faithful Macbeth. It's just a straight adaptation. Straight adaptation of Macbeth. All the dialogue from Shakespeare with minimal changes. Mm-hmm. It is worth watching for the... Is Macbeth the one that's the Lion King? No, that's Hamlet. Oh. Macbeth is the Scottish play. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, all Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, acting-wise, very, very good. Mm. Uh, it really does look amazing. Like, mm. it's shot... Again, it's shot in black and white, but in this really interesting... Not just, like, grey. Mm. In this really interesting kind of literally, kind of almost literally black and white kind of thing. Right, okay. But, like, it, it uses... Its use of shadows is amazing. Mm. Like, so the most famous thing about Macbeth is probably the witches. Mm. You've got these these three witches who do, like, the whole Hubble, bubble, boil and trouble mm. speech and, uh, you know, something wicked this way comes. That line's from this, you know. Mm-hmm. Very iconic witch scenes. And in this, the three witches are all played by one woman and they just oh, use, okay. like, a load of shadow to kind of imply this. Is the one of them? Is the three of them? It's hard to describe, but it looks amazing. Mm. It's really, really visually impressive. So it's worth watching for that, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably going to maybe get a few, maybe, if it doesn't get cinematography, then robbed. Yeah. Anything else I can take or leave, yeah. you know. They might get nominated for acting because they're both, they always get nominated. They're two of those people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, probably she's literally won her third Oscar last year. So I don't think anyone's like rushing to get rid of one. <laughs> and yeah, I can't see him winning either. But yeah. they might be in the mix somewhere. So Macbeth, if you like Macbeth, if you watch it. If you don't, don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare Alley, the new one from Guillermo del Toro. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I'm looking, is, looking forward to this. Yeah. I, I like a lot of his work. Mm. Not all. Yeah. I would say, well, which ones didn't you like? Uh, I don't like some of the more. Uh, uh, what's the word? Normal stuff. Uh, I, I like Hellboy. Oh, Hellboy. Okay, sure. When he tries to be a more commercial director. Commercial. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is much more in his kind of Shape of Water wheelhouse for sure. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm about. Yeah. It wasn't quite as good as Shape of Water, but I still enjoyed it a lot, and I think you'll like it too. It's mm. definitely got a lot of. You can tell it's a Del Toro. Like mm. the the set design is really good. Some really, it's set on a a large part of the film is set on a like a freak show. Mm-hmm. You know, like an old school freak show. And so you get a lot of, you can you can imagine what he did with that. You know, mm. you get a lot of really good kind of creepy funfair shit, which yeah. looks great. Stars Bradley Cooper as a, like a drifter who turns up at this freak show and takes a job 
initially just as like a stagehand to help out, mm-hmm. but then he meets a phony psychic played by Tony Collette mm-hmm. and she teaches him kind of how to do cold readings. You know, that thing that like fake psychics still do today. It's like, I sense there's someone called Helen. Anyone know a Helen? Oh, you. Oh, no. Oh, Heather. Heather. Was, did, she, did she die? Was she sick when she died? Oh, my God, yes. And, you know, you know it's all that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. rotten, but it really exploits people's yeah, yeah, yeah. desperate need to be connected to the loved ones. So, yeah, he picks up this and becomes a very successful kind of fake comedian, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of about him on this freak show. And then he goes off and creates a whole act. He gets married and becomes this whole con man. It, it's really good. I really liked it a lot. I think you'll like it too. It's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. My only complaint about this is that it was a little bit like, felt it should have been a little bit more over the top. Mm. Some of it felt a little bit muted. Right. Like, okay. it's, it's a really interesting story and it's like, it's set in a freak show. You want it to be like mm. mad, but it's a little bit not, like Kate Blanchett's in it for a bit and she's like, she knows what movie it should be because she's like really camp. Got it. Whereas Bradley Cooper is a little bit underwhelming in the main part I think. I think he's miscast he well it was originally supposed to be leo and leo had to yeah. pull out for uh, scheduling issues or something mm. and when i knew that i was like oh it's so much better yeah. i could imagine dicaprio like really doing something with this yeah like bradley cooper's fine he's good but it's just it doesn't blow me away yeah but there's a lot of other good actors in it doing good stuff and it's really interesting and i thought the way it ended was it, it came it came full circle in a way that I wasn't quite expecting mm-hmm. and i really I came out of it very satisfied so I think you'll like that one I definitely nice. recommend it Yeah, but it feels like it's not going to do as well as Shape of Water mm. again it probably might get some like technical stuff but doesn't feel like it's super jumping into like the big leagues for the Oscars mm-hmm. so which is fair enough yeah uh, and then last two I'll talk about Passing it's on Netflix it's very short it's th- this is the year of black and white films I guess it must be a COVID <laughs> thing I guess maybe a bunch of films <laughs> got filmed on like sets because mm-hmm. they couldn't do like the usual big yeah, and the thought they just lean into it. Yeah, to try and make it look less setty. I guess mm. it was in black and white, it hides it. I don't know if that's the case for this film. Passing is about, it's, it's set in 1960s or 50s, maybe, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in like a, an era of America, the US, it's in the USA when there was still very much a lot of segregation. And it's about a black woman who runs into an old friend of hers who's also black. Mm-hmm. It, this is Tessa Thompson and Ruth Negger, mm-hmm. both very, very good, both yeah. great in this. Um, and so Tessa Thompson plays this black woman who's like living in a, in like a very much a black society. And she runs into her friend played by Ruth Negger, who she remembers from childhood, who is also black, obviously, mm-hmm. but passes as white. Right. Because she's more fair skinned. Yeah. And especially back then, apparently this is true. It's really interesting, actually. Mm. Back then when people were so racist, you know, more so than in many ways, more so than now, you know, it was much more segregated. People thought that black people all had that you know, had a very dark skin tone mm. so if you had more even if you'd look today and think well clearly that person's at least somewhat black you know mm. or, or you know is not white yeah but they could just be passed as oh she's kind of tanned you know mm. so Ruth, right. even though Ruth Negger certainly doesn't necessarily look like a white woman yeah. to our eyes yeah and I guess it, it being in black and white kind of makes that more believable mm-hmm. to, to a modern audience mm-hmm. but yeah so she runs to her friend Ruth Negger who is now living as a white woman mm-hmm. and is married to a white man who is super racist <laughs> it sounds like a bad comedy but it's it's a really interesting setup you laughing at it makes it that, that makes it no, sound you know, better because it sounds like a dark that sounds like a dark comedy that sounds to me like South Park would do or something but mm. like it's yeah it's a really interesting setup and um, the film is okay it's a little bit okay. it doesn't really go where i wanted it to with that kind of premise mm. but it's very well it's very well acted i thought 
again, they might both get in there somewhere. I think Ruth Nagger will probably get Best Supporting Actress. Mm. She's Ru- Ruth Nagger is just one of those people who, even if she's in a, a slightly boring film, she's just incredibly magnetic. Yeah. So she she's really, really, really good. Uh, yes, yeah, so this might get a few acting ones. I don't think it's going to get much beyond that. But uh, And it was very, very short, so it went down very quickly. Mm-hmm. On Netflix, Easy again, if you want to watch, watch, put something on for 90 minutes, mm. certainly interesting enough to watch, but not in my top tier. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. De- decent, and it, like I say, interesting setup, but it didn't quite go where I wanted it to go. Yeah. It kind of fizzled out a little bit for me, but mm. it was okay. And lastly, uh, one of my favorites, um, Parallel Mothers. This is Never heard of this one. no, no, no. I don't think this is going to get anything. It, it might get a best actress. That's it. Uh, so this is Penelope Cruz. It's from the same director, Pedro Almodovar, who's my favorite director, mm-hmm. who did that film with An- Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. a couple of years yeah. ago. Don't which, remember what it was called, but no, I remember it, and I remember really enjoying. Yeah, it. you loved it. Yeah, I was really pleased that you liked it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. The names has gone out of my head now as well, but it was really good. But uh, yeah, it's this is Penelope Cruz. Again, a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually this one delivers a lot more in terms of not fizzling out. So she plays a woman who has a baby at the age of like four. So it's somewhat late in life has a, has a baby mm-hmm. as a single mother. Like she, she, she raises the baby as a single mother. Mm-hmm. But on the maternity ward, she's sharing the maternity ward with a younger woman mm-hmm. who's also having her first baby. And they kind of connect and bond and she, they swap numbers and she's like, well, if you need any help, yeah, yeah let's stay in touch stuff. And then they go their separate ways and don't really see each other for like months and months on end. And then she introduces the baby to the father who like was an old boyfriend, but he didn't want more kids. Mm. So they broke up and she was like, I don't want anything from you. I'll just, you know, I'm happy to raise this kid on my own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So then he comes back into her life and like, she's like, well, if you want to meet your daughter, here she is. And he's like instantly like, that's not my daughter. There's I, I see nothing of me in this child at all, like mm-hmm. physically. There's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. And she she thinks he's trying to be like evasive, but then that lets a seed of doubt in her mind. And then so she does a maternity right. test mm. and it turns out the baby's not hers either. What? <laughs> so it, it's very, it's very soapy. Like it's, yeah. it's very, you know, so basically there's been, it's, it's like, oh, have the babies been accidentally mixed up on the maternity ward with this younger girl? Mm-hmm. And that's what she suspects. And then she has to like get back in touch with the younger girl. And she doesn't tell her, obviously, but then she kind of has to try and kind of somewhat, somehow figure out how to find out for sure. And she's kind of... Oh, it's sounding a bit sitcom now. Like, she needs to, like, get the, get, a, get a swab from this baby. But it, then the okay. mother comes into the room and just like, oh, it's just a, a dummy. And Okay, this is the thing. It, it, this did make me laugh. Like, so basically what she does is <laughs> she invites the younger girl who's like, like she's like in her early 20s and has a bad relationship with her family and no partner. So she's like, well, I'm, come and live, move in with me. After she finds out, she suspects this. Move in. Move, she's like, move in and be like my live-in au pair, my okay. maid kind of thing. Right. And so one day she met Penelope Cruz just walks up to her and she's like, oh, here, sticks the sticks a swab into the girl's mouth. And the girl's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> 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 I'm just doing a health check. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ludicrous. <laughs> kind of. It is kind of. But the, the thing is, the, <laughs> this director, Pedro Amadova, he do, his films are really soapy and silly. And like, yeah. you know, baby swaps in the maternity ward. It is very over the top. Like, you know, these mm-hmm. these are not things that happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just gets away with it somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's in Spanish as well. Maybe you just kind of, you know, sometimes world, world films, sometimes mm-hmm. you just kind of suspend disbelief a little bit more. But it manages to not be as ridiculous as it is, mm-hmm. you know. You get on board with it. Mostly because Penelope Cruz is amazing. Yeah. And I will be sad if she doesn't get nominated because one of the best performances of the year by far. I think she's she really holds it together. Like she, It's one of the best performances I think she's ever given. So I really like this a lot. It's not 
one of the best Amadovar films. It's not because he's like, as I say, one of my favorite directors. It's kind of like just the films, okay to good. Mm. Penelope Cruz is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, it's definitely watch. It's definitely interesting and watchable. And like I say, it's got a lot of over the top dramatic things happen, which are make it entertaining. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's a good one, and but it, it probably I'm will intrigued. Be. Yeah, I wonder what happens. I th- yeah, I think you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might be one you can watch at some point for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah, they're my they're the main ones. I think. They're, okay. They're the, they're the ones that I've seen. So uh, quite an extensive list. Yeah. Um. So I hope that by we, we find out on Tuesday mm-hmm. which ones are going to get nominated. Do you? Well, I'm not going to because there's not really any point in me doing it. But mm-hmm. do you want to make a prediction on what the best picture list is going to look like? Sure. Okay. Uh, I will predict my nine then. Yep. So in order of likelihood. Yeah. I will say Belfast locked on 100 yeah. percent may well win. Okay. Power of the Dog locked on could win. Which Power of the Dog again? The Netflix one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, oh, and his brother and uh, it's in the Western. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, June will almost certainly get nominated. Probably won't win, but will mm-hmm. get nominated. Uh, I would say West Side Story mm. very likely to get nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. hopefully likely to get nominated very very good coda mm-hmm. so that's six coda i think mm-hmm. will do very well first probably first apple tv plus one to get nominated mm-hmm. uh house of gucci i don't quite understand it but uh it <laughs> seems to be it seems to have picked people like it more than me so mm-hmm. i'm gonna predict house of gucci reluctantly mm-hmm. i'm gonna say don't look up we'll get in i think enough yeah. people i think enough people are gonna like it that it will the Oscars like what's his face, the the writer. Yes, his films always do well. Yeah, exactly. So I I think even though a lot. I of mean, this is a little different compared to the other films of his that have been nominated for sure. Um, in in the past, but uh, yeah, I could definitely see this one getting in. And yeah. I I would, I really want this one to win best screenplay. Sure. Um, that's just me. Yeah, sure. No, it... I've not seen many other films, but like. This one just really, really spoke to me on that level. Great. That's good. Well, maybe, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a little bit heavy-handed, so I don't think I'd want it to win Best Screenplay, but uh, I'm happy to see it in the mix for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, don't look up. And my ninth one could be a few things. Could be King Richard. Could be Being the Ricardos. Could be Tick, Tick, Boom. Could be The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to put it at The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. I think that will just get sneak in there. Yeah. But it could be Being the Ricardos. Could very well be King Richard could be Tixit Boom. So. But you're going to go to Lost Daughter. They're my nine, yes. So mm. Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, House of Gucci, Coda, Don't Look Up, and The Lost Daughter. Nice. They're my nine. Nice. So we will okay. see. Yeah. We will see on Tuesday when the nominations come out. Mm-hmm. And after that, well, we've got about a month, I think. It's Is it late March, I think? Uh, late March, yeah, the 27th. So, yeah, so you've got a good four or five weeks to try and get as many, cram in as many as you can. Mm. And hopefully we'll have time to get together and do a little prediction and kind of ranking of what we thought of these films a little bit more yeah then yeah hopefully and we'll try and we'll try and do full reviews of uh, all the films i know that mm-hmm. obviously we've now spoken a fair bit about a lot of them well but, i have so. this it'll be good to come back and have your opinion on them so, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah so uh hopefully we'll be able to do that mm-hmm. but we'll see um cool so that is all yeah uh thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks for sticking with us i hope you haven't missed us too much and yeah, uh, yeah we'll be back from time to time with more oscar stuff and more reviews so yeah Speak to you later. Right. See you next time. Bye.